welcome to the Once Blind Podcast, your host, Carlos. What's going on with Blind? Welcome back. We're going to be continuing through Acts. We are in chapter 4, verses 32. We're going to take it to 5, I believe 11 is where it's going to end. But before we even get into scripture, I just wanted to kind of talk about the climate and the stuff that is going on today not necessarily now but I definitely want to get into it there's a lot of things and I know that um in the pilot I said I'm going to try to stay away from a lot of the political stuff and um it's come where it's it's kind of gathered in in the sense of one's blind and just what are Christians doing and what are Christians not doing in the atmosphere that we are in today politically. We as Christians um, really need to do a better job of how we're handling. So it's not in the sense of what to vote for, who to vote for, where to vote for. I mean, if we vote with our Christian conscience, that, that answers itself. It's not about parties. It's about person. It's about what it is that they're trying to pass, what it is, you know, we're supposed to stand against the evils, things of the world and the evil things that people want to pass along. Certain mandates, certain this, certain that, it's just getting crazy out there. And the voice that I'm not hearing is Christians standing on biblical principles and using that to, to vote, using that to fight, to argue, to to do the things that they have to do because at no point as a Christian should we really refrain from all these things and, and, and hide ourselves and, and say, this too shall pass. No, this is the climate that we're in. We're either going to be light or we're just going to put shades on us and, and cover ourselves. And obviously, I'm not talking for churchgoers. I'm talking for actual Christians. And I believe that this country is full of them. And yes, we're full of a lot of pretenders, but that's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the Christians that actually care enough about this country, care enough about their own families, their children's future. Because see, here's the thing. If God decides to tarry for 10 generations from now, we should still try to prepare their livelihood they're they're what they're going to be coming into the world to and we can't help everything but through prayer and through us living out our christianity there are so many things we should be doing so now, again i knew i knew i wasn't going to be able to completely stay out of the political scene and, and get into the politics because here's the thing i didn't want to turn the show into you know another thing where where someone's complaining about this politic, that politic, and this person, actually, I meant politician, not politic, but either way. And, and I, I still don't want to go there. But I think at this point, I'm not hearing churches talk about how we need to, except for one church all the way in uh, Chino Hills. There's so many of these Christians that are choosing to stay out of these fights, staying out of these arguments. They're, they're getting into all this woke stuff and getting into all this other stuff, and, and it's just sickening. We are supposed to be light. Light doesn't hide from certain things. It should not. It should be bright in all things and everything. We should be sprinkling Christ upon it. 
But if we're not out there, how are we gonna? How can we? I, I think, and I'm hoping, that at least that message will get out. And I start seeing more Christians out there fighting for, for our godly rights. And for the things that, that God would stand for. And yes, we live in an age where what is evil is good and what is good is considered evil. Yeah, I get all that. That doesn't mean we just go with the flow. It's well done, good and faithful servant, not well done, good and faithful endurer. Yeah, we are to endure to the, the last day, but endure because we're out there. And yes, maybe we will get in trouble with this modern-day government and this modern-day mentality of people. But we're supposed to endure. It means there's hardships. We're not supposed to run from them. We're supposed to run through them. We're supposed to stay on the narrow path. But even so, soon enough, uh, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what the best way to approach it will be. Uh, the next episode that I, I am going to record is going to have to do with pastors' wives. That one's going to be very interesting. Uh, it's a lot of things that I've written down for that. And, uh, again, I just, just wonder how people are going to react because this is one of those subjects in churches that is definitely uh, overlooked and, and on purpose, not like they just don't notice it. it it's purpose. Pur- Purposely done. And, you know, I want to continue to go through Acts. I also want to start recording a little bit more. Time has been uh, amazingly, uh, you know, between trying to do things with the family, trying to do things through work, trying to get healthy. All these things have been getting in the way of me being able to sit down and record. Even tonight, it's almost midnight and I'm recording. So, and I don't have a team like a lot of these people do. I don't have people editing for me. I got to do all this on my own. So please be patient with me. And then again, I'd also like to see a little bit more interaction with, with the people. Even so, we're doing Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. It's self-explanatory, this verse. The, the multitude, the church, the people, you know, coming from, if you go and listen to the one prior to this, uh, the church is growing. It's getting bigger. God's doing the work. People are seeing the apostles, seeing these Miracles, seeing the works that the apostles are doing, seeing the boldness and the strength of them, and the fact that they're doing this without a fear of the that time's religious leaders. They are on fire, and that fire is catching on. And now the church is again, I mean, it's constantly repeating that they're at one accord, that they're all together, they're on the same page. But now it's not only that they're on one accord. They are of one heart and one soul. And it's funny because we as the church are becoming the body of Christ. So whose heart are they modeling that they're all in one, in, in that aspect, in that heart, in that accord, in whatever wording you want to use? It's got to be Christ. 
one soul, whose soul? You see, because they're all coming together for a purpose. What purpose? It's for the purpose of Jesus Christ, which kind of goes into even the intro to all of this, the things I want to hit in the future. Now, the last part says that any of the things he possessed was his own. So neither did any, I'm sorry, I'm going to reread that. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. So even the things they had, they didn't even hold that onto themselves. So not only are they all on one page, but even what they have has been brought into this page per se, and it's everyone's. It's for everyone. They're sharing everything. Nothing belongs to one person. Everything that they have, they're giving to the body. And notice, they're not giving it to a building. They're not giving it to a person. They're giving it to each other. They're sharing these things. And if the church would actually do this, oh, but they do, they do do this. That's why they tithe. No, this is not the tithe. This is not a 10%. This is not anything where one pastor's taking everything and becoming rich and trying to get a jet. This is not that. This is a group of people, some poor, some rich, some have, some don't. And because they're all one body, they've all come together. They're one that they all share. Because if they're one, it's all theirs, which is awesome. I mean, just imagine that. No one's going hungry here. Everyone has because one person may have more. So because that one person had more, the person who had less, it's all balanced out. This is amazing. This is a miracle in itself. Look how selfish we are as people. And, and let's be honest with ourselves. We, we are selfish beings. It's in our nature. It is God who's fighting that and, and getting rid of that within us. But for some of us, it takes longer. And for some of us, hey, it's, it's, it's an act of God right on the spot. For some of us, it's the thorn in the flesh that we have to deal with. Okay, we are always trying to build something. Now, does this mean as a person we shouldn't try to build and, and strengthen stuff and try to do things with our family and, and better our lives? No, this isn't what I'm saying. But you see, I used to tell young men that when I have, we all have. And I, and I don't mind sharing whatever it is. Now, the one thing I won't do is take food out of my kids' mouths to give to someone else. But if there is food here, then everyone shall eat. If there's things here, then we shall all partake in these things. I've never kept anything to myself since I've come to Christ. But my kids are first. My wife is first. But these people here, they're sharing everything. And I can just imagine everyone outside of that looking it's like, why are they all sharing? Why are they all, I mean, how hard did he work for that? And now he's just letting other people enjoy it. He should be enjoying it. No, they all are. Verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds, proceeds, I'm sorry, 
of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed it to each as anyone had need. So they're taking whatever it is that they have, land, they're taking houses, as it said here, and they're selling them off. And whatever money it is, they're bringing it to the heads of the church. Notice that it's not one person, it's apostles. And they brought it there. And now the church isn't saying, or, or the Bible isn't saying, I'm sorry, that, hey, they, the apostles took this for themselves and then they kept it and then they divided it amongst apostles. No, they divided amongst everyone and no one had need because whoever had need now had the means to go ahead and buy whether food or clothing, whatever was needed. This is amazing. Because you don't see this in churches today. Now, verse 36. And for me, it looks like Joseph, Joseph, it looks like Jose to me, but either way, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. Oh, Barnabas is the encourager, which is translated son of encouragement. Oh, I should have just read ahead. <laughs> Anyways, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But now, why are they saying this? Why even bring this up? Barnabas had, sold, gave. The people were all doing this. Well, Barnabas is a character that we're going to see more developed throughout the story that Luke is telling us or the history that Luke is giving us. But understand that the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses and so on and so forth. So though there's a break of chapter, the reason that we're hearing of Barnabas, the reason we're hearing all these things is because in the beginning of what is chapter five in our Bibles, it's actually the continuation and the contrary to what they were doing. So, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, or Sapphira, I'm Hispanic, these names aren't, it's hard for me to say. His wife sold a, I'm sorry, starting again. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain, changing the page, Part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, just so that you understand, this couple, married couple, sold some things, kept some money, and they went and take certain money, laid it at their feet, and said, here, this is for the body, this is for the church, this is for everyone. You know, they were doing what everyone else was doing. And it's so interesting that people think that they can play pretend with God and they see certain people doing things and they think it's like a fad, a style, you know. Uh, today, uh, kids love wearing tight pants. So one person sees a kid wearing a tight pants and he's like, oh, I'm gonna put on tight pants and so on and so forth. And in my day, it was sagging pants and so on. It's a fad, right? They see people doing a certain thing. They wanna be a part of that. They wanna be that in crowd. They wanna do what everyone's doing. Hmm but they did it wrong. And now as we continue to read, 
Verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So right at this point, he, he didn't say you lied to me, lied to the church. He says you lied to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You try to play him. Your, 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 your trickery, keeping stuff for yourself, giving this. Like, you went into this men, with the mentality of scamming, of, of just lying and, and keeping for yourselves. Like, at no point have we read up to this point that he had to do this or that anyone had to do it. It's just something that was in their heart. You know, James says that when you see my works, you shall see my faith. Not that works are what saves us, but as a Christian, as a person who's trying to follow and, and imitate Christ, there are certain things that happen to our character that develop in, in such a way that everyone, or, or better said, it points to Christ. See, when Jesus walked, Jesus never had a place to lay his head. But when he had, he would share with his 12 disciples, with those that followed, because I'm sure those weren't the only ones following. You know, when the multitude was there, he fed them all. So his character was to give everything that he had to the point where he didn't even keep anything for himself. Or, or where did you read that Jesus Christ kept anything for himself but the cross? And even though he kept the cross for himself, it was to bless us. So that character is what the people prior to Ananias are really showing us. And here's this guy who sees this, and he's like, oh, I want to be a part of that. But I'm not going to do it like that. I'm going to keep this for me. So interesting how many of these people are in the church. They've infiltrated. They're in there. They, they look like them. They raise their hands and worship God just like everyone else. They praise God. They pray in front of the church. They even teach from our pulpits. But like Ananias, there was something else that they had in mind. Okay? They weren't doing it fully for God or for the people or for the church. You know, they, they, they had something in it. And so did he. So Peter responded, you know, you lied to the Holy Spirit. And again, it, it's, we think sometimes that we lie to each other. We don't realize that because God's omnipresence, when we try to lie to each other, we're lying to God as well. We're trying to play God and trick God as if he's not omnipresent, as if he, he didn't know or we can catch him off guard. Now, it, it, it amazes me how much we supposedly believe in God, yet we treat God as if he doesn't know. As if he doesn't know. You know how much sin we try to hide from each other, but we don't, we don't even think, hey, you know what? We can hide it from each other, but, but God knows. And that's the most important part. God knows. And those are the things that we should be trying to change in our own lives and asking God to help us with because he knows. See, when we confess sin, we're not confessing sin because, oh, we got caught. And, and no, he already knew. It's not caught. He watched you do it. He was there. And before you even thought of doing it, he was already there. That's omnipresence. He was there. 
You know, and that's the thing. As Christians, we carry the Holy Spirit within us. When we go and sin, we're dragging God through that because he's in us. We go through that. When we think our thoughts and all these things that we struggle, we're taking Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all three, we're dragging them through that. That should be conviction enough to to make us not want to do the things that we do. But you know what? We're weak. That's why we pray for strength. So Ananias is doing this. And now Peter continues, verse 4. While it remained, I'm sorry. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own to control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And and this is the thing that he's saying, right? So before you sold it, was it not yours? When you sold it, was the money not yours? But then you bring it here, and you didn't lie to us. You lied to God. Because, see, here's the thing. No one knew that. But God did. How would anyone else know unless they said something? It's funny. Um, there's this uh, these videos that they either give. I think it's Instagram that has them. And uh, it's how would they know? Well, how would they know? Well, people might not know, but God knows. And when you go into the body, right, into the church, and again, not building the actual church, and you're going to do something for the church. You're doing it for God because God is the head of the church. He is the head of the body. So anything that we do for the body, we're doing for God. But if we're going to go in there and play pretend, you know, we're, we're trying to mock God. We're trying to play with God. You know, we're trying to test God. And though those people that are there, part of the body, may not catch it, but God knows. God caught that. God saw that. So you may be trying to lie to your brethren, but what you don't realize is that at the same time, you're trying to lie to God. And that is the point here. Man, this was all yours. And, and it's the same thing with, like, people today who want to hold to the tithe or hold to the giving of the church or whatever the— whatever format that their church may use, you know, they, they, they go in with this persona, oh, look at me, I'm dropping money. Oh, look at me, I'm putting it in the bin that they're shoving in my face. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. Oh, look at me. You know, the Bible says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But this is so much a, a problem that we have as people. Sometimes we want to be noticed doing good. Isn't it enough that God knows? Isn't it? Isn't it? Man, recording at midnight sometimes. Either way. So, isn't it enough that God knows? You know, why do you do the things that you do? You do it, if your heart is right, it's for God. It's to bless your brethren. You're not doing it for acknowledgement. You're not doing it for you. And yes, it feels good to do good things. It does. Okay, every time I do something for my children and they smile and they hug me and they say, I love you, Dad, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, that does make me feel good, but that's not why I did it. And it should be the same for the church, for the people of the body. Because if we're out there all doing it just to get recognition, 
then we've received our reward here. There is no reward in heaven. We got it here. And that's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus was talking about. So here's Ananias. He went. He lied. Who told Peter? It had to have been the Holy Spirit. He caught him. He pulled him to the carpet. He told him, hey, wasn't all this stuff yours? When you sold it, wasn't the money yours? Why do you bring it here and then try to lie to God that, that you gave all or that you're giving all or look at you so that what? So you can hear, oh, Ananias, what a great brother you are. You're such a good brother. And the, how many people in the church, that's all they do things for others for just to get that recognition. Man. But this is actually the, the, the awesome part. Here we go. So. Excuse me. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Just in case you didn't catch that, he died. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And you should be afraid. They just watched a man try to lie and trick God, lie and trick the body, and he died. And they got scared. But see, this fear isn't a, oh, man, this is horrible. No, no, this fear is good. Because fear produces reverence. And we should have reverence for God. We should. He is God, the creator of all things, who gave his child, his only begotten, to die and pay for the sin that is because we are fallen. And our rebellion and our rebellious hearts, okay, the Bible says deceitfully wicked hearts, okay, they, they are what they are. And Christ, God's son, died for us. Should have reverence. You know, reverence, like, like you know not to do something because your dad will get upset. Your mom will get upset. You'll bring shame to your family. You'll bring shame to the body of Christ. You should have reverence. But God is all loving. Yes. He is all loving. He's forgiving. His mercy is, is no one can understand his mercy. His grace is beyond. There's not a word for the amount of grace that God gives. It doesn't mean we test it. It doesn't mean we take advantage of it. If anything, it should make us love him and honor him even more and want to and desire to be. You know, as a son, I, I did everything I did to try to make my father proud, okay? Try to bring people, you know, there's so many people who would go to my dad and say, man, your son's such a hard worker, your son is such this, and your son is such that, because I knew those people were going to go and give my dad the honor of, hey, this kid is, is an awesome kid because of you. And... Granted, I wasn't always awesome. Actually, I was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Anyways, so I wanted people to, or at least my dad's friends, when they saw me, to see me as a good kid so that they wouldn't think that my dad raised a bad kid. And that always had to do with my dad. Whenever he took me, he would say, don't embarrass me or I'll whip your behind. So there was reverence. There was fear. 
But these people are now afraid because they're watching someone die. Because they thought they can trick and mock God. Verse 6, And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Notice no one was weeping. But either way, now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me, whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Man. It, it is astonishing. But you seem... I'm not surprised that she wasn't going to back up her husband, that she wasn't going to lie. I'm not surprised because she wasn't there. Maybe if she saw her husband die, maybe she would have said, oh, I don't want to die, and she would have told the truth. But you see, she went along with the plan which shows that it was her heart as well. That they were both two peas in the same pot, I guess, and they both thought the same way. They wanted to be in the in crowd. They wanted to be honored, and, oh, look at them. Look how awesome they are. They gave. See, they're, they're both the same. Because if not, conviction would have been enough to tell her, say, you know what, my husband's not here. I know he's going to get mad, but I can't lie. I can't lie to God. I can't lie to these people. It's pretty messed up what I'm doing. Because he wasn't there, and she didn't know what happened to him. She had an out. She didn't take it. Test the spirit of the Lord. Look at the... Okay, so continuing. Uh, it's the second part of verse 9. Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door. Oof. And they will carry you out. And immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in, found her dead. Imagine that. Grab the husband, take him out, bury him. Obviously, they had to dig a hole, put everything together. It took about three hours. Come back. It's like, man, we got to go dig another hole? <laughs> All right. Sorry, God. <laughs> Even so. So, and the young men came in, found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So we're going to end here, right? And now many people, many, 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 many people, especially new Christians will ask, hey, um, so if they lied to God and they died, they lied to the Holy Spirit, they died, why not today? Why not today? People lie to God. People lie to the Spirit. People swear by God. People swear to God that they're going to do something. Why do they not die today? And now, be ready for this answer. Be ready. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I know. 
You're not supposed to say, I don't know. We're supposed to have the answers to everything. Uh, no. No one knows. People assume. People throw out ideas. Okay? No one knows why today we get away with the things that we get away with. No one does. They assume many things and they come up with all these different little clever things to say. And the reality is, and again, I don't know. And no one does, for sure. Except for God, the Holy Spirit. And certain things are revealed through the Holy Spirit. But guess what? Uh, to this day, I don't know anyone or haven't read anyone who has a definitive answer that they know for sure. I know one thing. I have no problem saying I don't know. Now, I can assume what others have assumed. And we can speculate. But it's not Bible. So I don't want anyone to take it for words. So, being that this is the beginning of the church... Maybe God made an example out of them. You know, it's the beginning. You don't want to start on a bad foot. There you go. That's what happens. Fear came on. The first, you know, I don't know, let's say first generation, second generation of the church that were very close to these people, to these stories. They heard it, and they never tried to test God. And, you know, that's the thing that gets me because it's almost like saying, well, God's mercy and grace kind of like, again, I, I hate doing the speculation thing. But what I do know now is that I have lied. Okay. Maybe every day. Plenty of times I want to tell people they're being idiots and I, and I can't do that because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But... I don't die. Uh, thoughts. I mean, we all have thoughts. I remember hearing a, a teacher say that if we had a you know a projector and all our thoughts were there so that everyone in the church or everyone in our family can see what we think of in a day, it would be very embarrassing. It would actually be woof. And this is why the Bible says that we should capture every thought and we should renew our minds by Scripture and so on and all these things that about our thoughts. Our thoughts are ugly. And you know what? I'm pretty sure God's seen my thoughts and still not dead from it. So I don't want to speculate fully on the fact that maybe that was for the beginning of the church, you know, so that they start on the right foot. I, I really don't know. I know that today, you know, God has given even more mercy and grace to us because he hasn't stopped us right there and then. And then one actual thing that I kind of do agree with is, is that if he was still doing that to everyone, there would be no church left. None. Because none of us are perfect. So what I do want to say, I want you to take out of this, is that though we may not die today, like Ananias and his wife, it doesn't mean we should take advantage of God's grace and mercy. Because you never know. Maybe he's going to make an example out of you, me, or anyone. We should always have enough respect for God to not try to test him. You see, there's a difference between people who live in sin 
and people who stumble in sin. Okay, I'm sure plenty of people may have said a lie and they didn't even mean to lie. Okay, it was a mistake or a cross thought or something or whatever it can be. But a lie is a lie and sin is sin. Whether it's a white lie or a regular lie or whatever, it is still a lie and it's sin. But you see, again, there's, there's mistakes that we make because we're human and we don't think and we do things against God. But then there are things that we do on purpose and we seek to do these things out. There are moments where we're just weak and we can't fight no more. And we need to, instead of giving in, pray for more strength. But even so, the example that we had here in this portion of Scripture is the fact that they were moved to share everything. And there are people in this world that share everything. I know one young lady recently blessed this family beyond, okay, what we thought we never thought of it. It wasn't even an idea that could have happened. It came out of nowhere. And we were blessed and we're so grateful. And it's awesome that people think of us as a big family and, and they want to share with us. And it's, it's, it's this beautiful thing. Not everyone has to be able to share, but you have time. You have ears, you have prayers, you have all these things. It doesn't have to be material. It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be what you think people want. Sometimes, listen, calling someone and saying, hi, how you doing? How you've been? How can I pray for you? You know, reaching out to someone saying, hey, I'm praying for you. is a way of sharing. I mean, why wouldn't we share God? It's the greatest possession that we have. His, God's attention, okay, is given to us. That is the greatest possession we have. We don't take advantage of it for our own lives. Let's take advantage of it for others, for us, for the body. Let's be the type of people who, who are so moved by what God has done for us that we want to give all that we can to others. Now, and try to do it, to play with God and test God. And if you're doing it so that other people can say, wow, what a great person you are, you got your reward. Because people will say that for you. But because you got your reward here, there's no need for another reward in heaven. When you do for others, try to, you know, do it for the right reasons. See, if I'm doing something for someone else, I'm doing it for them not so that I can feel good about me. And again, don't play with God. God shall not be mocked. You might not pay for it the way uh, Ananias did, right there on that spot, but you will pay for it. You will, somewhere or another. Look at David, right? So David, oh, David sees a beautiful woman. She's bathing on a rooftop. He's like, I want that. He took it. Husband comes home. He's so, so loyal to the kingdom, to the king, that he says, I'm not going home to enjoy my wife while all my, my brethren are out there at war. No, he slept on the floor. 
finds out she's pregnant. He's got to he's got to do something. He then kills that man. He didn't do it on his own with his own hands, but he set him up for death. And you see, David didn't lose salvation. David didn't lose his place with God. He's still known as the man after God's own heart. But David did pay for it with a son. So, you know, you want to play with God to see whether he's going to discipline you or not? I wouldn't. I don't suggest you should either. I don't suggest you should test God. You should try to do the best that you can and pray for your weakness and ask God to strengthen you in those. And just remember, as a really good pastor, Gail Irwin once said, we need to be others-centered. So guys, learn, pray, ask, find ways of being others-centered for the sake of the body. For the sake of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Word like David made so many mistakes, but in the end, he's known as the man after God's own heart. That's all I want to hear is well done, good and faithful servant. So, God bless you guys. Be safe. Don't forget to like, share, comment. Uh, please email all this stuff. Let's jumpstart this communication. Oh, and the last thing I'm going to say is uh, I think uh, people have been asking about live. I've been saying I'm waiting for something to happen with numbers, with this and that. Also figuring out how to do it on the computer. I have that. And in the new year, we'll start going live, taking questions, having conversations. Definitely going to continue to do interviews. I might do those in person because a couple people have asked to do them because they had their own questions they would have liked to ask. Uh, you could also still write them in the comments and I'll ask that person and maybe we'll have another, you know, show that we could do together and your question can be answered. But starting January, I'll start doing more of the live thing. But besides that, God bless you guys. Enjoy the rest of the morning. Thank you for dropping by. Please remember to subscribe, to share, like, and to catch the next one.